You're listening to a Time Machine podcast. Old movie Time Machine. An adventure through time and or space. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Old Movie Time Machine. This is the show in which we use color motion picture films made in the old US of A between the years of 1945 and 1965 as windows into the past. We climb through the windows and we explore the world beyond. It's a different time, guys. It's the middle of the 20th century, and we're checking out what is happening back then. And while we're on our adventure, we're going to be asking ourselves some critical questions, such as these people that were seeing, uh, we're observing in the world beyond the window. Who are they? Who are these people? What are their habits? How are they treating each other? What decisions are they making? And why are they making them? And the most important part of all, what are they wearing and what do their living rooms look like? And then at the end of the show, we climb back through the window to modern times and we ask ourselves the final question on behalf of all of humanity here, including you, listener. Yeah, we're talking on your behalf. Congratulations. You're welcome. We ask everybody. We're, we're asking ourselves on behalf of everybody. This movie that we just watched, The uh, World Beyond the Window, if you will. Do we keep watching this movie? Are we going to keep watching this thing? Are we going to keep Popping it in, pressing play, you know, physical media, of course. Do we keep dialing it up on our Prime accounts and pressing play? I'm sure everybody's doing that with Girl Can't Help It. I don't think it's available on there, actually. <laughs> we will find out. I'm your host, by the way, through time and or space, Justin Zeppa, joined as ever by my incredible, infallible panel of international experts at being human in the early 21st century, starting on my left. We're over here at my place this time, the observatory. And who has come over to join me? Shrishman Ike. Hey, Shrish. Hello. Welcome, what's up? Welcome to the program and welcome to the observatory. Thanks. It's uh, very nice to observe these scenes. We're getting some here. good clouds right yes. now. Good uh, cumulus cloud formations, mm -hmm. it looks like. Mm -hmm. uh, the studio overlooks the local airfield here, domestic airfield. And so we get some big sky. I like to call it big sky country. No, I never call it that. But I do call it the observatory. Welcome to it. I am happy to be here. And Shrishma, yes. on your left and also across the ocean, it's my sister and yours, Carolyn Nowrose. Hey, sis, how are you? Hey there, I'm great. We are so delighted to have you here at the observatory with us for this week's episode. Guys, you know what month it is. We're halfway through. It's April. You know what the theme is. That's showbiz, everybody. Hey, we're going to dance and sing and do everything. We're going to hit up the town. Those jazz dancing. hands, you're doing. I'm breakdancing. You are. You are. Hands. And jazz hands. Can I see some spirit fingers? <laughs> yeah, spirit <laughs> fingers. <laughs> wow. <laughs> kind of disappointed none of you chose Bring It On for your staff oh. choice. I mean, I probably would have been really into you, that. You can really um, choose it. In future, it's <laughs> worth a watch. Um, we didn't. Well, I guess we're always doing your pick, so you don't get a pick. Well, that's special. here's the deal. I'm, I'm <laughs> glad you brought it next. up. So we're we're 
So, listener, this is, uh, you know, again, a little bit of, we'll pull back the curtain a little bit, but we're winding down this season. We're going to finish that showbiz in April. We got this episode and then next week as well. And then we're into May, which is our anniversary month. So what we're going to be doing is like we did uh, when we kicked off the show at the beginning of June of 2022, we gave them all hits, right? Right. Like we gave them the good shit. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're going to be doing in May as well. You're going to be getting the creme de la creme of these movies. So... Shreshma, you will have at least heard of these movies. Okay. I would argue, may possibly, well, not all of them. Three out of five, maybe? Three out of, how many are we doing? I can't recall. I think it's five. You will have heard of, I would guess, three out of five. Okay. Somebody make a note of that. We'll check three back on five. it in like a month and a half. Okay. After that, then, that's we will finish that off anniversary style. And then, technically, we will we'll be at our next phase for mm-hmm. the... Staff pick. So I have uh, sent a series of very technical emails to Brindis over at the headquarters. I don't know. It's her turn, technically. I don't know if she'll be able to get away from all the invoices. People keep sending like, like just bins and bins, file boxes filled with invoices, and she's got to pick through all of them. What are we being charged for? It's a great question. I don't, we have to ask her. We have to, I need her to open up the books is right. what I need because <laughs> it seems like a lot of overhead for what is essentially $200 worth of equipment in my living room. So I'm not sure why it's so expensive to run this podcast, but it is guys. And, and you know, that's why we suggest that you join us on the Patreon, yes. join us over at the boom room. It's two bucks a month. That's like nothing, right? And then also hit us up at the uh, T Public Store. Get yourself some swag, like mm. you know, get a get yourself a T shirt, uh, get yourself a hoodie, get yourself a Shrishma Nike pillowcase. Okay, you just thought about that. Yep. Okay. <laughs> I don't. That doesn't exist yet, but maybe it will. <laughs> Do we have the Shrishi Science shirts yet? Oh, Shrishi Science shirts. Mm. Oh, that's a. We did have that on the list, didn't we? I yes. Mean at some point. I'll I'll take a look at that. Okay. It was going to be the periodic table of elements for right. Shrishi science. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Shrishma, of course, as we know, has her own uh, views on science and scientific method and what counts. And what is the primary tenet, the core tenet of the Shrishi core science? The core tenet is you don't know what you don't know. Yep. There it is. Prove it. Prove it wrong, people. You can't you do can't. it, can you? You cannot. <laughs> so, anyway, if. Brindis cannot make it because of the invoices, then I'm going to do a pick. Mm. I have one lined up. It's not from the 90s. What? I won't say any more about it right now. I know. I know. I want it to be from the 90s, but actually it occurred to me that there's there's a better option for us, oh. I, I think. Okay. In that it's a movie that's new oh. that I think not enough people saw and heard about. So I want to give it a little bit of exposure. Okay. So I, I don't know if it we'll, we'll see how it all shakes out. But needless to say, guys, we are winding down, and then we're going to have ourselves a nice summer vacation because mm. we've been living back in the 40s, 50s, and 60s for a, almost a full year now. That's true. And we've been watching a lot of these, right? Yeah. So we will have watched a year's worth of mid-century films uh, that meet our criteria. I, and I'll tell of, you what, I need something modern. As much as I haven't liked a lot of these films. <laughs> I yeah. still really enjoyed it because I feel yeah. like I personally live in a time warp working from home on my farm with all of my farm animals. You're timeless so, is what you're saying. No, yeah. I just mean that like I feel like I'm in touch with a lot of 
ways of life that don't exist for many people in this world mm. anymore. Yes. Okay. Uh, maybe we're living out of time. Yeah. Maybe we just don't exist in a timeline. Maybe we're just, we're popping around. Yeah. Are we, um, it's weird though, because my stay at home, work from home job, uh, enabled by the pandemic makes it possible. It's so weird. Right. The one good thing that comes out of COVID is that <laughs> Carolyn can do the podcast with home. us. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> and take care of the farm. And take care of the farm and the and all the animals and everything. Now that we've got all, we have the rest of the year kind of plotted out for everybody. We got to wrap up that showbiz, guys. So this week we are talking about 1956's "The Girl Can't Help It." I'm pretty excited for this. Did personally. you like this movie? It's this is an important movie, and I will okay. tell you why. Okay. But first of all, let's do some one line reviews because I'm curious. I have a, I have a feeling. As to how this is going to fall so far, but Shushman, like, do you have a one-line review for this movie that you'd like to share with us? Yes, this movie should be like a warning video of how not to make it in Hollywood for a woman. Okay, <laughs> well played. Especially since at the end she doesn't actually make. Well, she makes it briefly, and but then kind of- then she decides she doesn't want to make it. So, okay, Carolyn, do you have a review for 1956's "The Girl Can't Help It"? I'm sorry. I just... Okay. I'm going to be serious. Sorry. <clears throat> the girl can't help it, and I couldn't help wanting to turn it off. Oh, no! <laughs> okay. Fair enough. We're all entitled to our opinions. And I get it. I do get it, you guys. Do you? I do. I'm, okay. Because here's, the, here's my one-line yes. review. This is ground zero for getting us out of this era in film. <laughs> I think it starts here. From all the evidence that I've gathered, mm-hmm. it starts here. So here's the deal. Girl Can't Help It. It's, it's the arguably the best of the pre-mid-60s rock and roll movies. Okay. Rock and roll is very new at this point. It's kind of like a niche genre. But it's all of these people being shown on this movie that inspires the next wave of artists who go to the movies and see it when they're kids. And they're like, this is what I want to do. And also I want to date her. (laughs) And so that motivates everybody to start bands, particularly in the UK. And take advantage of women. Um, Well, I mean, that's That's probably, that probably also comes with it, Mm -hmm. but really we're going to focus more on, I mean, look, I I can't uh, answer for everybody's poor behavior on their dates with, with uh, busty blondes, I, I, just be nice. Be nice and respectful. That's all I would say. Yeah, uh, mid-century we've seen them. They're all dirtbags, right? So, right. It uh, was the guys. Like, I mean, it was a ma- like at least some of the early bits I saw were almost like showing how you're preying on these women in a way. Definitely, definitely. I mean, watch. we can please as we go through point these moments out. Yes, we, it's important that we talk about. It's why we do the show. But also, I'm going to be talking more about the cultural impact will be my angle to try to at least get your respect for this movie, if not your endorsement. Carolyn? (laughs) Carolyn. Please jump in I think because you're a man and because you enjoy music and because- True. Like, from a historical standpoint and watching the history of music, you, you- 
I see why you like this movie. It has nothing to do with the plot or the main characters. Exactly. So, But from Shrishma and I, and I'm sure if Catherine and Brenda's were here, I feel like I would be backed up. I So I will call on them in a heavenly power kind of way. They can... <laughs> yeah. They can... Disagree later, but we cannot get off that far. I mean, we're talking. No, Carolyn, we're going to yeah, get off that okay. far. Actually, this is a very Beatles heavy episode. I am pleased to announce. Mm. Sorry for you and sorry for you. Audience, you can thank me later. You don't have to like the well, Beatles. Let's get to okay, it. so this isn't about liking them, right? I know you don't like it. I get it. It's not your style. There is a plot in this movie, and we're not even talking about it. No, we're going to talk very little about the plot, because it is basically seven-year itch mixed with a gangster picture. True. It is... Sum it up in five minutes, Justin. Okay. I know well, you can do it. So we can't deny the cultural impact that the Beatles have, right? No, as I far as... the movie. Oh the, oh, the movie? Yeah. Oh, you want me to? Should yeah. we just do that and then yeah, just talk about the bands? Yeah, talk about the bands. <laughs> okay. So this is the story yeah. of a talent agent named Tom Miller, played by Tom Ewell, who has a drinking problem. And this drinking problem has led to several career complications, and his reputation is no longer... Do you guys hear that plane landing, by the way, at home? I, again, I live yeah. by the airfield. <laughs> there it is. It just landed. It's safe. Don't worry about it. Uh, I'm a plane spotter now. It's one of my hobbies is I make sure they land safely and take off safely. Anyway, so Tommy Ewell uh, slash Tom Miller has had some complications with his career and his drinking because he's a bit of a lush. So he gets a phone call from a local gangster named Fats Murdoch. And Fats Murdoch has a plan. He was uh, He comes from... Uh, you know, like Jersey, New York, or whatever. He's he's mobbed up. Uh, he was the the head of the slot machines in all the casinos, and he would uh, throw away other people's slot machines and install his own and all this. He's a bad dude, and he talks like this. He talks real loud like this, like a cartoon character. And he's got this broad, this dame who she eats too many calories, right, on her, on her waist. We got to be careful about that. You know, gosh, eating all day. Take that apron off. This is a pretty good impersonation. I was not planning on doing a Fats Murdoch, but I think it might go in my back pocket, just so That's you guys know. Good. And He's considering got, that woman was like the size of a twig. She has an interesting shape. <laughs> it's it's crazy. Yeah. So mm, It's very... Top heavy. So Murdoch says, look, I've got this woman. Uh, she's a knockout and I want you to make her a success the way that you made your other artist successful. And he's like, well, it doesn't work that way. Then he turns around and he sees her and boy, uh, it's Jane Mansfield, blonde bombshell, hourglass figure. The girl can't help it. She is the girl. She can't help it. She just is that way. And it turns out that she is not a very good singer. Uh, and she just wants to be a domestic person. Uh, she wants to be a mother and a housewife and just take care of her family. And she's not really into this, but he's a gangster and he, he wants her to do this. So she does. And she's a bit of a kept woman. She has her own place that he pays for. They're ideally going to get married one day, but he needs her to be successful as a singer first before that can happen. She can't sing. Why? So they kind of work around it. So she actually. But there's no reason given as to like why she has to be a star or star. No, I think it's only because it's like his status is what I would is my guess is that like once 
she gets to that point, then he can be seen with her in a way, something like that, or or vice versa, because he's a mobster who went to prison for some time. So I, th- I think it has something to do with that. They need to legitimize their relationship in some way, which is crazy because I'll just tell you the end of the movie. They, they don't get married, and she ends up with the agent Tom Miller after a series of misadventures. And uh, throughout, we get to see performances from popular music combinations of the time, mostly rock music, but we're getting some, some real like gospel numbers in here as well. And we're getting some, uh, white guy accordion rock as previously noted. And it's very interesting. So that is the movie in a nutshell. And we'll talk more about it as we go through here, but let's talk about this music and let's talk about these Beatles, right? Because this movie comes out in the U S in 1956 and it does. Yeah. You know, mm. it's like just another one of those kind of low budget. But it inspires the Beatles. Well, it comes out in the spring of 1957 in the UK. And what I have here is a, a little quote from Mark Lewison's book, Tune In, which describes the early years of the Beatles in great detail. Okay. But he very nicely lays out like the impact that this particular movie has over there. And he says here, it's impossible to overestimate the impact made by the girl can't help it on Liverpool teenagers. Rock Around the Clock and Don't Knock the Rock, which are two other movies, uh, rock and roll movies, played there just one week and Love Me Tender Elvis movie, mm-hmm. three weeks, but The Girl Can't Help It ran and ran. It finally came off after seven weeks, 49 days, and 195 performances. The Scala only seated 620 people. It was an old flea pit, opened in 1916, but by the time the projectionist packed the film away and sent it off to the suburbs to be watched by more tens of thousands had seen it and many of these were now joyously drunk on little richard gene vincent and eddie cochran bang in the middle of the period supposedly dominated by skiffle the girl can't help it was seminal to everything that followed now he also talks about i might have to keep it just because of that um uh, yeah i think so uh, listen, uh, here, here, your boyfriend Paul McCartney shows up. Paul McCartney loved the whole oh, film, start I to love finish. Paul. All right, all right. Keep hey, keep it in your pants. Get married, married. <laughs> Paul McCartney loved the whole film, start to finish, and not only for the music. He described the way actor Tom Ewell ordered the standard screen into widescreen at the beginning of as the most fantastic trick ever. And of course, added to that was Jane Mansfield and her cantilevered cleavage. What? What more do young teenagers want? Mm. Here's a point. I mean, for better or for worse, this hit the spot for 13-year-old boys. Oh, I'm sorry. Is it a film that boys like? Okay, because it's got boobies in it. Yeah. I'm not saying, but again, babies, that's- babies, even you, Paul. Yeah. For kids hungry man to know babies. just how records were made, the film's recording studio scene made a deep yeah. impression. Everything was done live, the orchestra, the singers, the backing singers, and conductor waving his baton. And at the end of the important man in the control box announced, I can assure you of another gold record. So that's how they did it. The studio even had an automated vending machine dispensing apples. The Fruitomatic. Did you see that thing, by the way? The apple vending machine? Yeah. It's pretty sweet. Um, British eyes watched green with envy, the incredible luxuries they had in America. Now, again, we've talked about this in the past, and if Sherlock was here, she would reaffirm it, but the UK at that time, hard times over there, rationing, rebuilding after the war, after being just bombed bombed to shit, right? right? So the US has Apple dispensing vending machines, (laughs) 
And the kids in the UK are like, Apple's vending machines rock music. I love it. And so this makes a much how bigger impact over there than over here. Apple's fresh. I don't want to do need to know how they're Oh, I'm sure daily. Things. They've got a man daily who wears a little jumpsuit, a little tan jumpsuit with a little cap. And he probably comes in with his, his bushel of apples. Apple-matic. Yeah, the Apple-matic. Fruit-o-matic. So okay, so all the people, not all of them, but mm-hmm. there are some key figures in here who are also very influential. Okay. Uh, so first and foremost, Little Richard. We've talked about him in the past. Of I've co- heard of him. Yes. And I mean, extraordinary voice. He sings the title track, Girl Can't Help It. Mm-hmm. He sings Ready Teddy. Um, you would know Tutti Frutti. You might know Rip It Up. He's a bunch of hits, right? He's mm-hmm. like one of the original 50s rock and roll guys. Interesting, incredibly interesting man. Uh, In what way? You know, one of the first prominent, uh, I would say, I don't know if he was openly gay or not. I think I feel like he always kind of like was very dicey about that, but he was. I mean, okay. we know. So he was, and he was very uh, flamboyant performer. Okay, uh, known for these, you know, flashy suits, oh, the pompadour, mm-hmm. the voice, uh, the tempo, the way he plays the piano, the woo, all that stuff. Like, there's nothing else like that out there at this point. Now he ends up. He's a he's an interesting character. He grew up uh, very religious, and R and B music was considered. There's that plane again. (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of hot today in Iceland. This is a crazy thing to say, but it is a bit warm today, so the windows are open. That's why you're hearing the planes land. But again, safely, safely landed that one. It's all good. I'm watching. Don't worry about it. So. Richard grows up, R&B music is devil music, Mm. but eventually he gets converted over to the devil. He plays this rock and roll music, records these classic tunes, and then he feels so much guilt from his religion that he makes a very dramatic scene where he goes to a river and he takes off all of his fabulous rock and roll rings and he throws them into the river and he renounces rock and roll and says, I'm going to be a full-on Jesus guy. I'm not sure what his sub uh, genre of Jesusness would be. I don't. I don't know if he's Baptist or what. Okay. But like, he takes it very fucking seriously, okay. and he will not play the devil music anymore. Okay. For about five years, and then uh, I need some back. money. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know what? People in Europe seem to like devil music. So, okay. And he gets a contract to go tour Europe. In the early 1960s, I want to say 62. And who should open for Richard? But a little group called the Beatles, who are playing at a small club in Hamburg, Germany. They want to get paid. Mm. And so they get themselves a pretty sweet gig, uh, allegedly. I mean, they're making more money than their parents at this point, playing music, which is incredible. And it's not a lot, but but it's the 50s in the Mm -hmm. UK. Uh, Anyway, they're in Hamburg, so they get to meet their idol because they grow up loving little Richard. I mean, you can hear it in Paul McCartney singing all the time. Hey, everybody. Midroll Jay-Z here with this week's call to action. We're talking five-star reviews, guys. Wherever you're listening to this program right now, they will allow you to 
judge our program. And so all we're asking from you is a five-star review. Go to wherever you're listening to this right now. There should be an option for you to say, hey, this is the best show on the internet. That's all we ask. It's pretty simple. Five-star review wherever you're listening to the show. It helps us get the word out to others, and we would appreciate it. So much so, in fact, that if you give us five-star reviews, I'm going to thank you personally, like I will right now. Uh, This is what that would sound like. Thank you. And now back to the show. Let's go through this movie real quick, like some of these images here. So we've got the glorious lifelike color by Deluxe. Uh, Tommy Ewell, he's telling us all about the movie we're about to watch, but all of a sudden the soundtrack kicks in and you can't hear him anymore. And it's awesome because you're a square daddy-o. Uh, here's the screening room of Fats Murdoch. He's got his own private movie theater where he watches burlesque films. We just watched a burlesque movie, right? Weren't you just asking me about burlesque? Is this a thing? This guy's got home movies. Yes. We watched burlesque last week. Well, I mean, then huh? that that's where he gets the idea to pimp out his ladies. Right. So how do we feel about uh, Jane Mansfield at this point? Do we, do we like her? I found her to be kind of charming in this movie. I mean, I know like the, the her – Character and her wants and desires are, you know, selling her short probably. But I think as a performer and as a a person in the world beyond the window, she seems rather nice. But what do you think? Anything? Did you have any impression? No, I mean, she was hot, no doubt. But She's a hottie, yeah, for sure. Carol, is she a hottie? Yeah, she's beautiful. Okay. But I mean, like, just the way they were portraying her, she can't either be pretty be pretty mm-hmm. um or you know and her her default was i just want to be a wife mm-hmm. um but there was no like character there was no like there's nothing more to her character apart from she's cute and then they're just kind of throwing her around among themselves right well and when we get like the ultimate expression of objectification when she goes to his apartment for the first time and we hear the girl can't help it playing in the background, and she walks past the man at the ice and, truck. And the thing like um, that, she, white frothy liquid. Yes, this is the milkman. Bursts out of his. Do you know about the milkman? He delivers the milk. Right. And sometimes he also sleeps with the wife. Well, he, he is watching her walk past him, and he's holding a bottle of milk, which overflows. It bursts. It explodes in a, yeah, like you say, a frothy white liquid <laughs> that signifies, I don't know, something. Mm-hmm. You've, uh, I'll I leave just, it to you. Write, write to us. Partyline at oldmovietimemachine.com. What does that milk bottle symbolize? Bad for her. Well, yes. And she, she feels bad. She gets it too. She's self-aware. She knows that she's being shortchanged yeah. by uh, any man who comes into contact with her or at least objectified and treated like, uh, yeah, something, <laughs> something that you can gather and put into your pocket and keep in a, in an apartment if you're a yeah. gangster. Um, but you know, so we, this is, this is it. This is the whole thing we talk about. It's just these guys watching her whistling. The paper boy's whistling at her. The guy at the ice truck, he's melting blocks of ice in his hand because she's this so hot. This car- was the very cartoony part. I felt like, okay, I am in a Bugs Bunny cartoon with the beginning ent- entry of Tom Yule, like with the, you know, kind of mm-hmm. doing the whole like movie magic, like, whoop, let me make this screen wider. So then this, where it was like a bunch of gimmicks, and I was like, all right. Carolyn, you are so nicely transitioning this program to where I needed it to go next anyway, which is let's talk about this director 
His name is Frank Tashlin. I referenced him a couple weeks ago when we were talking about Looney Tunes. He starts in Looney Tunes. He was in animation at first. Makes the switch over to live action. Does pictures like this. But yes, we clearly see the influence Mm -hmm. of of cartoons Mm -hmm. of that era Mm -hmm. here. Uh, And then he later goes on to do all the like Jerry Lewis movies, which are... You know, you have to enjoy Jerry Lewis right. uh, to to get those. But he does he does Cinderella and he does uh, disorderly, orderly, and all that shit. But you will see these these cartoony beats. And this movie is interesting, I think, in a technical sense because it's uh, it's almost the filmmaking is almost caught off guard by the tempo of the rock influence, like the music itself, like. We're so accustomed nowadays to these rapid edits and everything, which come directly out of hitting these beats in certain songs when they're used in videos or commercials or television shows. Um, so at this point, though, the rock and roll music is still fairly new. So it's made kind of like an old movie, like the movies we've been watching. Mm-hmm. It's trying to speed up a little bit to keep up with the pace of the music and the energy that comes with that, but it doesn't quite get there. So it's, it's an interesting, like just between two worlds view. I Yeah. Think. And I can't, I'll be honest with you. I definitely watched this entire movie, but I felt like I was trying to pay attention to the plot. And now I feel like you're making me talk about it, yeah. these things. I didn't feel like fit in the film very well. These musical interludes. Okay. Okay. You know, I think so, that's where my I like. Say I didn't. I didn't pay attention to the music. You didn't pay attention to the music at all. You were just like, "It's a musical. Skip it." Yeah. Okay. So on that note, I'm going to hand the show over to you two to just <laughs> talk about it. Go, go ahead. Like what? Get into it. Can what do you? What do you see? I'll flip through some of these pictures. You yeah, flip through the pics of the music because Trish and I are like clearly we need to go back. We miss Watch something. The music, yeah. Now when Tom yeah, Miller takes takes her out for the first time, when he finally agrees to like, all right, I'll try to make her a star. He takes her out to all the local nightclubs, which is an excuse to see these different bands performing, right? These groups, mm-hmm. these combos, and the deal is, he's like, look, we need to kind of like build up mm-hmm. your sexy equity a little bit here so we're gonna you know you're just we're not gonna talk directly to the people booking you into these places you're just gonna walk past them right and turn them on you know because the second they see me hanging around then they know that i'm just after my commission and i'm just trying to sell them something so i can get paid so you just need to exist like where they can see you and then they they will fall for you so we're right now looking at (laughs) A maitre d' who is also responsible for booking the music acts, uh, eyeballing her as she walks by to go to the powder room. Right. So, any comments on this? We don't like this, do we? No, I mean, even in this scene, he was like, well, take off your jacket now and go walk towards there. Right. And like, you know, just like- He's a puppet master. Right. (laughs) Yeah. It's very Svengali. Yes. It's pronounced Svengali. No, it's not. Is it? No, 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 it's not. Okay. That's the opposite of a Seinfeld I was like, I don't joke. know. I'll believe you if you can convince me. Um, or Pygmalion. Um, yes. Sexy Pygmalion? Uh, you know, yeah, but you know what I mean? Like, he doesn't have to, like, make her over, but she doesn't have a good voice, so it's, it's kind of like... She is nothing uh, but a, an, my fair lady. an urchin, a, a gamine <laughs> who I will pluck from obscurity and I will teach to walk and talk nicely and then... Make you famous. Yes. 
This is her. Except she already walks and talks nicely. That part's been All taken I care of. Um, That's she's singing the song. Far away from the cold night air. Yeah. I mean, wouldn't it be lovely? Right. She's like, I just want to, you know, my fair lady. (laughs) Right. You know, I'm. I'm merely saying, like, you can kind of point this out and be like, "Mm, she just wants a nice, cozy life. Let's point out another representation. Mm -hmm. Watch. We do have. It's not just the artists. This is. uh, We actually have some lines given to a couple of African American women, one of whom uh, operates the bathroom. And gets a nice tip. Uh, of course, she is in service to this blonde white woman who is hanging out on her enormous couch, fresh from the mirrored halls of Versailles, it looks like. But such were the times. Uh, and then also, there is a, a housekeeper over mm. at, gosh, we haven't even said her name, Jerry's house. She's Jerry, right? Yeah, Jerry Georgina Jordan uh, over at her house, who also gets some lines, but is also the maid. So... um but we're seeing a more diverse cast, some more diversity, uh, people being treated with respect, if not, again, uh, be, being the object of object, objectification here. Um, here's another group. This group is called the Three Chuckles. Okay. Now, this is an accordion-led group. I mean, I, I can't get over this goddamn accordion. And also, there are four of them. So, I wonder where the three came from. It's, <laughs> I, that just occurs to me now. But this has always been... The Chuckles were always accordion forward. Okay. This is actually their second accordionist. And then they got a third one later. <laughs> this is a terrible song. This is uh, called uh, Cinnamon Sinner. Oh. Which has the line, a cinnamon sinner selling lollipop lies. So the Chuckles were named after the candy called the called Chuckles, which still exists today. Mm-hmm. There's some old man dad candy. Uh, okay. I, I enjoy them, of course. Never had it. Um, Carolyn, can you bring us some Chuckles? Thank you. And <laughs> you well, me too, I will. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll have them shipped to your house. Um, I really will, actually. Oh, no, they sell them at the farm store. Oh, store okay. Oh. Well, then grab, can still grab us a couple sleeves of Chuckles. I love those. Those, that's total dad candy for me. Um, and so also they're named after candy and then they sing this whole song about candy. And it's, it's like uh, one track mind over here. I like accordions and I like candy. Who's my favorite band? The Three Chuckles. Now let's take a look at this is Abby. Oh, this is Abby Lincoln here. And this performance. I like this number. Oh, it's extraordinary. Yeah, look at how striking the visual this is. This good. Again, African-American woman getting the spotlight here. Take me to church. She is taking me to church. She's singing fucking gospel pop over here. And it's awesome. I mean, and I've never heard of her before this movie. So I definitely, you know, this last rewatch, I want to look her up, check out the back catalog, see if we can find some more Abby Lincoln. Um, because I know, it's because I'm of in. my time at Alvin Ailey, but this is the shit that makes me want to dance. Oh, I get it. I totally get <laughs> it. Take oh. me to church. Let's talk about Julie London. We get a lot of Julie London in this. So here's Tom Ewell. He is at home. Part of his failure, we find out about his career, is the fact that he was representing. This is a very nice sunset, by the way. Do you see this thing out here? It's good. The observatory. <laughs> In action, the the observatory intrudes into the show to let us know that there's a very nice sunset. Shushma, can you put that in the socials? Thank you. <laughs> anyway, we find out that that Tom's failure and his drinking starts with his former client Julie London, who is this uh, very sexy, breathy torch singer. 
and all of her records sound exactly like the music that we hear in this movie. Uh, I have them. I have many of them. But I love Julie London's voice, and I love this type of, you know, just real slow down. It's nighttime music, you know? It's sort of wistful morning. But he represented her. He was her agent, and she fell in love with him. As we find out later, uh, Fats tells us this because Fats knows everything. He always digs into the people he's working with. But she falls for him and wants to move out to the suburbs and do what Jerry wants to do. But he says, no, we're going to push your career. And that led to them separating and the start of his drinking decline. So we see this represented here by him at home by himself, putting a Julie London disc on. And as he's walking around his house, and again, I must underline the fact that he is drinking throughout the movie and is a functioning alcoholic. That's and everybody Were acknowledges most people it. In this time period, uh, it's certainly, but him more so. Him, uh, he's not is able to regulate Function. his drink. Yes, so he gets a bit sloppy. He's at the sloppy stage, and also he's at the hallucination stage because, not unlike. Tom Ewell's role in the previous year's seven-year itch, he starts seeing ghosts of women appear to him, not unlike his wife did in the backyard. When he is home alone, he starts seeing visions of his wife, and they have like conversations and everything, and it's kind of trippy. Uh, and so we get the same thing here with Julie London, the actual who is an actual performer. She is a real recording artist. And she starts appearing, like fading into his his world, his house, wherever he goes. So she's leaning up against this uh, incredible forest green leather chair, wingback chair, uh, low wingback. And then she's lounging in some satin jammies in his bed. And he tries to run away from her and oh, goes back to the living room. Oh, she's over by the fireplace, this enormous fireplace that looks like it was taken out of some kind of like castle in Tuscany, uh, but it's actually just New York. Uh, I don't know how that happened, but her apparition appears there as well. And Julie London, you should check her out. She's uh, she's worth a listen if you're in that vibe. Okay. Nighttime vibes, low key. Uh, also, throughout this movie, Fats has a sidekick and his name is Mousy. And Mousy is both a friend uh, he's an ally and an enemy. He works for the for the supposed bad guy, but also he kind of protects them and their behavior, by which I mean Tom and Jerry's behavior, because they do end up kind of falling for mm-hmm. each other, but they know that they can't be together because they're all mobbed up. And so Fats has this guy, Mousy, sort of following them and check, he's just checking up on them, just make sure that everything's above board. And then we see her pick him up to go visit Fats in this beautiful red convertible, and they have themselves an incredible beach picnic. Now, this you'll notice this um, red plaid picnic cooler. This is already in the boom room because I took this. This this shows up in the long, long trailer, and this was my artifact. So uh, we already have one of these, but it's nice, and we get to see them bond a little bit together. And... I guess to Tom's credit, if we want to compliment a man in this movie, I'm not saying that we do. I apologize if we don't, but he doesn't put the moves on her. Okay. Carol, am I wrong? Yeah, no. He gives her this. this, I mean, yes, he's he's parading around like meat. Okay, guilty. But he's not trying to touch her boobies. Like he's not trying to kiss her. You know, he knows he knows the the rules. 
So whether or not it's because of penalty of death that he's not doing it, <laughs> I guess that kind of takes away from it a, a little bit. But the fact that we're not seeing it is nice to not see. Right. Right. Fair, I guess. And of course, they, we get some skeet shooting, 1956 style. I just like these outfits. This is Fats here dressed up like Elmer Fudd. And of course, now that we know that Frank mm-hmm. Tashlin comes from Looney Tunes, like this is all... Connection. Yeah. Yes, I think so. And same way, here's Mousy. He's got a great outfit. I just like these outfits. These guys are nerds, right? But I can see myself wearing this in the not too distant future. Um, I like this jacket he has. Again, the red hunting cap. Shrishma says, maybe, 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 I don't know. It's hard to age gracefully as a man. Like nobody wants an older man, right? That's not true. We're pretty useless. Uh, I beg to Oh, that's true. Okay. Okay. I don't You're know if that's... not even, you haven't even hit my age range. Okay, great. <laughs> I'm just saying, I wouldn't even look twice at a man under the age of 45. Okay, okay. That's great to know. There's hope. There's hope yet. Yeah, right. No matter what age you are, you're all a man, baby. Hey. Okay. Well, you're not wrong. Yeah. True. Yeah, okay. You can take that as your your all man baby. Baby. Comma, baby. Oh, so it's like a, a Delphic prophecy, right. like we talked about in that one <laughs> that one Greece movie. Choose where, your grammar. Uh, yeah, I'm just you put the punctuation your, where you it, it suits it. you. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Your your silver fox prophecy, which is <laughs> your all man baby. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. It's pretty good. Uh, and here we see Jerry hanging out with Mousy over at the barbecue as they're hanging out uh, at the Long Island compound of fats murdoch and of course fats does not like it when she puts that goddamn apron on he wants a trophy right mm. anyway is she, is she like um like they couldn't get marilyn so it was her or or nothing like mm, that? i didn't see any reference to a marilyn try okay but it's i mean this is i think it's very clearly influenced by seven year itch mm. like oh, yeah. this is such a a very short sure time yule was like so Let's remake it again. Yeah, right. <laughs> right with the, a different beautiful blonde woman. Okay. All right. Am I? But but guys, team director Frank Tashlin, I love you. It's me, Tommy Yule. You know that I want to be a part of your picture. I have to ask you though. You've got the blonde bombshell. Do you have woman ghosts in this movie? <laughs> oh, you do. Okay. Several times over. Okay, then yeah, sign me up. Where's the contract? We'll see you tomorrow. Start. Let's do this thing. Yeah, I mean, I I'm guessing that Tom Yule at some level represents like the nerdy nice guy that every Hollywood director envisions themselves to not be a be be a voyeuristic. Mm, okay, I like th- I like where this is going. Again, we need to we need <laughs> so to bring like- in the people making the movie. We need to acknowledge right. you know which viewpoint is being expressed here. Yes, is, is definitely so a man. Is it the director slash writer saying like the nice guy is going to finish first in this movie, aka Tom Yule, mm. not the big macho mobster well carolyn i think um, we made the exact same argument for seven year itch i think you right. actually brought it up about how this was written by 
you know, a 39 year old writer who's never had a proper girlfriend and knows nothing of women yeah. or, or how they tick, you know, or how they tick and they are completely voyeuristic. Yeah. Yep. But you know, also the, the audience was into it as well. So I, I don't know where it starts and begins, you, mean the you know, like of men. Yeah, the, the audience o- of men, because yes. women couldn't have a that's what thought I, about I do mean this. that specifically. Uh, audience of men. Um, including the Beatles. Including the and Beatles, yes. I'm not saying they're perfect. Their love of boobies. They're certainly not. They love boobies. Music. And I'm going to let you guys in on a little secret. Uh, I love boobies, too. Yeah. So... I would not I would would not have expected anything less just Oh thank you. Thanks. <laughs> right, I'm right. a boob lover. I just hope you're not exploding <laughs> bottles of milk as they walk no, by. No, come on. Come on. <laughs> Guys, we're at the end. Yes. Let's wrap it up. Let's do the business, okay? So at the end, surprise, surprise. Oh, the big twist, the oh. big finale twist is that it turns out she can sing really well. Mm. She's just pretending to not sing very well because she just, again, wants to be a mom and a wife. Right. So and they downplaying your skills to be acceptable uh, into that's, society. It's shit. I agree. I am with you. Do you are there any final um, mm. you know, hyper-feminist things that we need to talk about right now to, to feel good about this? There's no way to feel good about it, but like it feels good to call this out, right? Yeah, I mean, I but I feel like we've done it yeah. and did it right yeah. in the beginning, Look. which is like we entered this conversation going. <laughs> it's fifty six. What do you think is happening? <laughs> it's a shit show. But I just don't. I just feel like the fact that it was the past and the fact that it has happened has such a big influence on today that it's frustrating more than anything else. Yeah. Oh, I mm-hmm. totally get it. And, uh, I'm frustrated at, right. as a, a just a human. That we can't. I mean, it's we not. We still I mean, feel it's this. The, it's the same. Like nothing has changed. Like we still have these crazy yeah. um, beauty standards that mm-hmm. are being, you know, pushed down, and you know, you have all these kind of right. issues that go along mm-hmm. with it. Like, <laughs> well, you know, and it's part of the conversation more than it maybe was in the past. But uh, you know, what is anybody actually doing about exactly. it? It's it's easy to fucking yeah. repost that social media blast, right? Uh, but but I mean, how are we I changing do, things? I will say I appreciate the social media blasts where someone calls out the fact that all of these fitness influencers are like under the age of twenty five. Yeah, right. like, yeah, no. Enjoy like, that body. You know, <laughs> it goes. They, right. Enjoy it because guess what? Where's the the Where's the influencer for the ones that are like? Well, I reached the age of thirty five. It's just a lot harder okay. the older yeah. you get. Thirty five, forty five, fifty five. To like. You know, shed pounds. Like, guess what? We are all aging every yeah. day, and none of us are actually getting younger. Yeah. All of us are getting nothing but older. So we can choose to be getting older and dumber by believing we're going to look like we did when we were 20, or we can just be older and wiser and be like, I'm good with me. Right. I agree. Well said. Shrishman Ike. Mm. 1956's Tom Ewell's Jane Mansfield's Jean Vincent's The Girl Can't Help It. She can't help it. The girl can't, can't help, help it. it. She can't. Do we keep watching this thing? I'm sorry. We just can't. I feel like it was like a a training video for like anti-predatory behavior. Mm, okay. Then, <laughs> it's fair. It's totally and, and valid. Then, yep. um, and then maybe we can extract the music. Okay. I, I wouldn't... You don't have to watch all the music, right? Because right. as we've seen, some of these are just a bunch of cornball white dudes, right? right? But watch Little Richard. Yes. And Fats Domino we didn't talk about. Okay. He's the guy 
uh, who's at the piano. It's towards the end. He he does a, a nice number, uh, but great singer. Again, the music is just it's new at this time. Mm. It's it's, su- it's such a new sound, right? So you want to check that out. The rest of it, I mean, Little Richard for me is the star. Just like he's just just light years ahead of everybody else. But okay, your point is noted. It's a no from you. Nope. Carolyn now Rose. Uh, 1956's Tommy Ewell's Jamie Mansfield's The Girl Can't Help It. Do we keep watching this thing? It's a no from the rose. Okay. Mm. It's a narrow no. It's a narrow no-no. It's a narrow no-no. Mm. Um, really, I understand the cultural significance, but that also just makes me sad. Oh. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, and let's talk about, you know, we're asking this question right now. Should we keep watching this? You can't find this movie, right? It's mm-hmm. not on any of the streamers. No. You can get it. I think it was on DVD. It's never been YouTube. to Blu-ray. It's been on YouTube for a decade for free, right? So in a way, society has already said, uh, no, thank We're not you. Watching yeah. This. So I mean, it's happened already. Now, Carolyn, great take. I appreciate it. Uh, I'll, I'm going to do give it a yes to like the, the courtesy yes right. because of the yes. argument I presented or whatever. Has, you're a has man it, baby. And I'm a, sure I'm a man baby and I, <laughs> I like boobies and I like rock and roll music. Sue me. Now, did my argument contextualize it all a little bit more so? Like, no. Yeah. I've, go ahead, Carolyn. She says, I, I no. Mean, it gives. Well, I, she was, I think, saying no yeah, is in yeah, 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 exactly. And I was saying yeah is in yeah. <laughs> so I think we were on the same okay, page. Like, okay. yes, it gives me a little bit more of appreciation, but that's what makes me sad about it. Guys, I just want to say for the record that this is the short version of the lecture that I. Oh, there's could be a giving. longer version. Well, I just, I like to talk about this stuff more than anything. I will talk to you about it for hours. Who wants to do a if music you, show with me? Write me, partyline at oldmusictimemachine.com. I think. That now that you've talked so much about it, I will just listen to the music. Okay. Go back and pull out the music. Okay. And kind of fast forward through the rest of the crap. The music's worth it, I think. But I, I totally agree with you guys. It's the usual 1950s mm-hmm. bullshit. And I'm sorry if I was coming off as defending. I'm certainly not. No, it's right. inexcusable. Right. As a cultural reference. So as a only defending it to keep the Beatles, which I love the Beatles too. And we can talk about the Beatles in some other venue where we can talk no, about no, 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 women's not lib no, no, and no, not no, or whatever, no, but we're not, we're not getting it. It's not no. just about the Beatles. The Beatles are the the tip of the spear. It's everything that comes after them too. It's how we get out of this era. Because when do the Beatles put out their first movie? 1964. Second movie, 1965. When does our window of time end? 1965. So our entire podcast is really about how we get to the Beatles. This so is basically what this is. Listen, whole so anything really- in my life is about how we get to the Beatles. But no, it's a part of it. It's certainly a part of it. But I laid that out to you as the premise. Episode zero. I told you about this. You did this. not premise it with like, like oh, we're leading the- up to the Be- a Beatles podcast. No, but I said the Beatles were one of the three prime movers to get us out of mid-century. You guys, this you is see how he what scammed a- us, Carolyn. What a fucking episode he did. He this scammed is! Us. <laughs> he scammed us. Look, I love the Beatles too. We grew up in the same household. He outbeatled us, <laughs> but you know. Okay. We can do we can do that Just podcast, kidding. but this yeah. Now I feel like we're in a scam. <laughs> and I cannot agree you've, with you've, keeping this movie around. You guys fell prey to my my Beetle Pyramid scheme. This really long 
Khan that you You could have just said, hey guys, let's watch the Beatle the Beatle documentary. We're gonna be no because I wanna go back to the nineteen ninety-six one first, and then I wanna watch all the new ones. I wanna rewatch the nineteen ninety-six documentary. We're I think you should you know, if you watch the anthology, you will see clips from Girl Can't Help It in there. Right. And they and they talk about all this stuff. Now Should I play the I Fergie remake? Oh, Shrishma, that's a great idea. Wait, can we? Uh, yes, sorry. Uh, we'll do our business and then we'll close with that. How's that sound? Perfect. So okay, that's it. We've got two no's and one yes. I'm going to assume Sherlock's a no. I feel like she would have been <laughs> like a hard too. no. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I understand. And in spirit, I am with you. I am marching with you. It takes four women to support the dreams of a man, baby. Listen, it's uh, <laughs> uh, it's hard to explain, especially to a modern audience, because as I've said, we just talked about it. Like rock music is now not the prime mover; it's it's faded back into the background. It's uh, it's exciting to talk about, and also sad to see it go away and not be understood by other people. So, okay, guys, we've done it. Thank you so much. 1956's Girl Can't Help It in the books. Check it out for free on YouTube if you guys out there haven't seen it. At least watch the Little Richard performance. Now, let's talk about next week. We're going to be wrapping up that showbiz. <laughs> Shishman has a surprise. She's going to be playing for us in a moment. But real quick, I'm going to tell you about next week's movie. Are we watching it together in person? Oh, it's quite possible. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about that, audience. Carolyn is coming over to visit next week. And so I don't know what our release schedule is going to look like. We might be a day late, could be a day early. She's going to be here. There's going to be a lot of jet lag. There are horses involved. Surprise, surprise. So who knows? We will find out next week. Okay, so next week we are going to almost the end of our window. 1964, we are watching a motion picture. Remember, guys, that's showbiz. It's called Viva Las Vegas. It's basically Elvis Presley singing his songs in Las Vegas with, and he falls in love with a girl and he probably punches somebody. That's like every Elvis movie. So we're, we're hitting Elvis Presley. You guys don't miss it. Elvis is the star of a movie. Okay. We're going to get into why this happened, how it happened, the army. We're going to talk about driving tanks. We're going to talk about yogurt. We're going to talk about underage marriages. We're going to, we're going to cover it all. It's Viva Las Vegas next week. Don't miss it. And until next time, you guys, Shrishman Ike, thank you so much for coming to the observatory. You're welcome. Carol Narrows, thank you so much for spending your time indulging your brother in his Beatle nonsense. <laughs> you can thank our father for that. <laughs> yeah, we're going to make that show just for you, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> Justin and Carolyn and Shrishman talk about Beatles. <laughs> An audience of at least two, I'd listen to it, and Dad will listen to it. So before we go, though, Shrishma, you recognize the theme song, right? Girl Can't Help It. Yes. Because it's been sampled very recently by whom? Fergie. By Fergie, the Fer- Duchess. Fergalicious. Fuck baby. yeah. Fergalicious. She's up in the gym working on her fitness right. and sampling Girl Can't Help It. Do you have yes, a piece that you I can sh- share for us? You ready? Yeah, let's do it. She can't help it. The girl can't help it. Okay, difference. There it is. Oh, I'm into this. Oh, 
This, this is, yeah, I'm not so much into this, but the actual song? It was pretty good. Yeah. There's a comment here that reads, um, I was 96 years old when this song first came out, and now I'm dead. It's what? funny how time flies. <laughs> <laughs> that is Just really funny. That funny. <laughs> That's a very old Spotify <laughs> subscriber. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Uh, now I will uh, throw it over to myself in the future. Take it away, future self. Thank you so much, me from the past. Gang, that was a rough episode. <laughs> that was bizarre. Planes landing, people shouting, uh, people also fast-forwarding through the musical numbers that we uh, mostly talked about throughout. So there you go. But you let us know, <laughs> is this your favorite episode? Party line at oldmovietimemachine.com. And as for next week, we are going to be talking about... 1964's Viva Las Vegas, starring Elvis Presley. This is available for you to watch. It's out there, guys. You can find it at the following locations. Apple TV, Amazon, Google Play, YouTube, mm, the Microsoft Store. Yeah, that's what that is. DirecTV, and who could forget it? Voodoo. That's right. Go check it out. Viva Las Vegas. Don't forget, the schedule might be kind of weird next week because Carolyn is traveling uh, to join the rest of the group. She's. We finally got her to come back to the office. So there you go. But anyway, this will be showing up at some point. We will let you know. Viva Las Vegas. See you right here next week. And until that time, please never forget that this has been Old Movie Time Machine.